Welcome to I Bet So Hard, technology and workflows that really work. The not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams brought to you by vet to pet Listen for quick, fun interviews with veterinary professionals who've retrieved and actually held on to their sanity, happiness, and success by learning a few new tricks and embracing efficient processes that actually work. I'm Dr. Stacey Santi. And I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. And this is I Bet So Hard. Hey, Stacey, and welcome uh, listeners to another episode of I Bet So Hard. We're so happy you're here. And today we are going to get real nerdy about messaging. Dun, dun, dun. Are you excited? Dun, dun, dun. I am excited about this because I have received and I have been the sender of some very poorly worded messages, email messages, social media things that I thought were going to be a big hit and were not. And I've learned a lot running vet to pet for push notification messages because this was something we had no experience with as veterinary professionals when I launched and started doing this in 2010. And so I started to figure out, okay, there's actually a little science to this. Yeah, I love the science. Uh, uh, shocking. Any data that we can get. And I think there is more and more data coming out all the time, particularly when we're talking about emails, push notifications, to some degree, social media. But I think as veterinary practices, we could do a lot better job. So we've got some good tips to discuss today. You want to talk about our first one? Yeah, let's talk about the first one. And I want to just say, if you're not crushing it on your marketing messages yet, don't feel bad because we didn't get any training on this whatsoever. And most practices I know don't have a full-fledged marketing department or marketing expert. We're just doing our best to educate our audience. And so this is something that if you pay a little attention to, you can apply this formula. I guarantee you, your message reach will go a lot further. Amen. 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 And yeah, we, we certainly didn't learn any of this. So it's most of us <laughs> like, hey, why don't you be a total sciencey nerd and then also learn the art of copywriting and <laughs> marketing at the same time. Do that also on the side, but during business hours, but also save pet lives. Oh, nope. and and learn how to run a PL and like right. payroll by, by totally the way. Normal. What, why did any of us get into this? I have no idea. But <laughs> here we are. So let's uh let's make the best of it. So what's what's our first tip? So the first tip is you really need to decide, is this message really necessary? So I see a lot of messages go out that I think, hmm, I'm not sure I really wanted to receive that message. And we have to understand that anytime you're sending a message, for sure a push notification, you are interrupting somebody. Don't let that scare you. Don't let it be a reason not to send your message, but it's a it's like good to make sure your message is solid. You know what I mean? I, I totally know what you mean. And I think the other kind of messages, when you think about the messages that I get, like the texts or the emails. So first of all, if I get a bunch of them that don't matter or aren't relevant to me, I stop looking at any of them, number one. And number two, this the second kind that I totally hate is when they're like, whoops, sorry about that. We actually meant 
like one letter difference, right? We're this event is actually ending at 3:30 instead of 3:45 or you get 20% off instead of 19% off or I you know, stuff like corrective that. Corrective messages. Right, the corrective messages that are inconsequential and when you think about you might be already pushing the envelope on like do they really need this and then now you've sent them another one. I think we're burning some bridges there is the point. Well, I'll tell you, because I look at the stats at vet to pet when someone sends out a push notification that says, oops, please disregard the last message. It gets the most clicks. Really? Yeah. It's like a, driving by an accident. You just can't not look. You don't want to. It doesn't really matter. It's not part of your personal situation, but you want to see what happened. It's clickbait. So they're seeing so- more of your mistakes than they are of your successes. That's not great. Yeah. So I, I mean, we've all done it. We've all sent out a message, an email or a notification where you want to pull it back. And you're like, oh no, I had either a typo or I quoted something wrong. The first thing you need to ask yourself before you send a follow-up message to correct it is approximately how many people do I think will have read that first message and how many will care enough to like take action on it. Because it might be a way smaller number to get a strategy around a plan if those people reach back to you. Oh, I want to call and take advantage of the $500 off the dental cleaning when you meant to say 50, then you could deal with them one off. But just be smart about it because there are certainly times you got to call back a message, but just know everybody's going to read the first message you're trying to clean up if you do that. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah. And of course that's, that's, what's going to happen to me. Cause I do that kind of thing all the time, but, um, okay. So we need to be selective about the number of messages we're sending out and if they really need it. And I think that leads us into our next topic, which is being selective about who gets it. So identifying your target audience is super important because not everybody needs every message, right? If we're sending out an email or a push notification about, uh, Bordetella, right? We don't need that to go. Like there's a Bordetella or the kennel cough outbreak in your town. You don't need to send that to every cat owner, right? That doesn't matter to them. And that's diluting the value of your messaging. So I think that the biggest example for this is dog versus cat stuff. I think it's potential when we talk about push notifications and emails that go out, you know, if you have to close the clinic for weather or um, you know, power outages or something like that. Maybe that only needs to go to the people that were scheduled that day. I, th- I think there's some value in, in narrowing your, your target audience. So we're not giving everyone every piece of information and again, diluting out how successful it is. Yeah. And the other is true too. When you get more specific, like I know in Vet to Pet, we added by species, by age, and even by breed, because I don't know if you're like me, but if I see anybody ever that owns a miniature schnauzer, I feel like we're somehow related because we're like, oh my God, you have a schnauzer? I have a schnauzer. And I don't even know this person, but I feel like we have a kinship instantly. So if you take advantage of that, let's pretend you send a message out to all the Mastiff owners with a picture of a Mastiff in recovery from a GDV surgery, telling them, hey, don't be this guy. Get uh, get a gastropexy. We offer this. Book it now. 
that is so much more powerful because the people will see that breed and make a connection and think, think this could be me. And that's the actual power of marketing is when you get people to say, whoa, this could be me. Therefore, I should, I should take some action. The hashtag I vet so hard podcast is brought to you by VetSource Home Delivery. Is the chaos of last-minute refill requests and third-party pharmacy faxes driving your team nuts? VetSource Home Delivery offers your team a one-stop shop to stop the chaos. Featuring a practice-branded online store complete with script writing capability for those things that clients aren't quite ready to take home and the ability to manage those third-party pharmacy requests all in one place. VetSource has everything that your team needs to tame the prescription workflow beast and create a better experience for clients. Visit vetsource.com forward slash IVSH to learn more. Okay, let's talk about, I know you're shocked, I'm going to throw out info on not a social media topic, but let's talk about from an email and push standpoint, what about subject lines? So there's some great subject lines out there. There's some really terrible ones, like the ones that automatically come from some of the services that practices use will say a message on behalf of blah, 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 animal hospital. No one's going to read that like this morning. (laughs) Get to the guts. Right, right. So I think it's important to have an eye-catching, relevant, and then short and sweet subject line. So uh, if you're not sure and you, you need some inspiration, I actually have done this before. Like there's lots of websites out there with subject lines that you can steal, right? Like that are um, examples. So like Google, like example subject line or or if you can insert a pun, that is always a winner, right? Like people like that. Be humorous, be funny, but also keep it short and sweet. We were just looking up some nerdy data like we do. And, you know, more than half of people are going to open emails on their phone. And so when they see that come in on their email, you know, whatever app they use for their email, it's going to cut it off. And so the the general recommendation was 30 to 40 characters for your subject line. So keep that in mind as well. And you can also use some of the softwares out there to test and do A-B testing on your subject line. You can run your subject line through a little generator and give it a couple versions and see which one might be more effective. That's out there. You want to hear a funny story though about subject lines? Yes, please. So we strongly recommend at vet to pet that you use a platform to send a message out to all the dog owners every month that says time to give your heartworm prevention or your parasite prevention this month. Right. So we generally recommend you tee that up the first of each month. So some people <laughs> have sent out, well, one person has sent out a blast message that says it's that time of the month again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I bet more people open that. <laughs> I know. I bet that worked, right? It's so funny. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, what are some other ways beyond the subject line that we need to think about? We definitely want to encourage the message part of your message, like where you're going to educate them. Keep it short and sweet. This is not a time for a novel, really. If you're doing a blast message out about, let's say, a pet food recall, you can link to the list of foods that are on the recall list. But keep it sweet because 
I don't know if you're like me, and I think a lot of people are like me in this way. You're not reading a lot. You don't have the bandwidth for it. You got like 57 emails since you last checked, you know, a few hours ago. You're scrolling, you're surfing to see if you want to learn more. So take advantage of hyperlinks, but be sure to keep your message pretty short. Like, how long do you think it should be? Like two sentences or less. <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Maybe like make sure too it's well worded. There's take out a lot of the fluff words or like use good grammar. I'm not saying that, but yeah, don't just, use like all like two you are <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that, but I think it, it. Yeah, like there doesn't need to be a lot of extraneous like wordy. We're not trying to hit a word count for your high school literature paper. Uh, <laughs> But get to the point quickly before you lose them because they're, they've got an attention span of a goldfish. And this might be Captain Obvious here, but not like avoid caps, avoid all caps. And also watch your tone because you do not want to be scoldy. You don't want to be sending out messages that are like, we've had a few problems with, therefore we are reviewing our processes and policies with you. Like be thoughtful of who you're sending that kind of message to. If you need to send it to the policy breakers only, but you wouldn't want to send a scoldy message to your top clients. They aren't going to understand the context and it doesn't make you look very good. Okay. So keep it short and sweet and be polite and professional, of course. And make sure you're using those hyperlinks, which you can do in email and push notifications, right? Yeah. So for those of you that may not know, you can highlight a sentence or a word and you can attach the link to the web page right there. So you don't have a whole bunch of weird looking strings of letters and numbers that are clogging up your email and making it look aesthetically ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's for sure. Okay, our last tip, and this one does apply to social media and email and push notifications, but make sure you're using a call to action. So you want them, you hope that they've been inspired to do what you're, what you're hoping they will do, right? You're hoping they're inspired to make an appointment or uh, make a purchase or visit a website or read a blog or watch a video, whatever it is. But we got to go Captain Obvious here and you got to literally drive that horse to the water. That's not right. You don't drive them to the water. You lead them to the water. (laughs) Use the right call to action. But the point is get them to do what it is that your intended message is. Be very clear about that. But I would stick to only giving them one. What do you think? Maybe two in some situations, if there's a choice, but for sure, at least one in it should be about purchasing something or booking something or reading something. I mean, there should be a call to action for everybody. And if you can't think of a call to action, then I would refer you back to number one, which is do you really need to be sending this message out then? Because that could be unhelpful information. What we want to do is drive behavior. So my example on this, if you're sending out that message, that it's that time of the month again, then you can put a link, need more 
parasiticide, click here and link it to your online pharmacy store or your prescription request form, whatever you're using. That's going to be actionable because what I hate more than anything is where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm interested. And then I've got to go search it up. Just remember people are lazy and it's our job to help them make the right choices. Way to go. And on that note, I think we should wrap up this episode, but hopefully this will help you get your emails, your social media, and your push notifications read more often by the right people and for them to actually get them to do what it is that you're hoping they'll do. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to like and follow us on social media at IvetSoHard. Subscribe and leave us a review on any of the platforms you're listening to and stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Vet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to IVetSoHard.com to download our top five takeaways from this episode. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to putting your technology to work for your practice.